You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. the little things that matter which is their way of saying if you're not paying super close attention to 3,000 different red herrings in this film you'll miss the three that are relevant to understanding what the fuck happened in the (laughs) ending of it you are not wrong i I feel like three is being kind of generous this movie which just dropped on hbo and simultaneously in theaters was apparently originally written in the 90s we were talking about this before we got started it was like well either the original script was more of a conventional denzel washington cop film or somebody decided to rewrite it or originally it was this and they went no no one's going to want to see that because this ending is going to make people go what the fuck was that and somebody said well we'll make it now because everyone loves deconstruction and meta so (laughs) if you're going into this hoping for a Denzel Washington cop film, like something Tony Scott would have made 30 times with <laughs> Denzel Washington. You're into for 80% of that movie and 20% of being you being really, really mad. Full points for at least trying something different, I guess, but maybe it's all about how good your director is. And when your director is John Lee Hancock, a man who's made films like The Blind Side and The Highwayman and The Alamo, who's at best, I say, Saving Mr. Banks, who does workmanlike work, being assigned to do a twist film that relies on a lot of delicacy and a lot of trying to really make sure your audience is going to be there for you the ride to get to where you want to take them. You just picked the wrong guy. But that's how I feel about it anyway. Let's see about how our fellow critics feel. First, we've got Frank. Hey, how's it going? I think Nathan's ears just perked up when you said Tony Scott in a negative derogatory way. He's somewhere like, (laughs) someone is talking about Tony Scott. I'm going to get in the Scott mobile. Uh, Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. And Adrian. Hey, hey, you're right about everything you said so far. Ooh, I'm excited. (laughs) All right. So when this starts off, it's 1990. Much like when supposedly this was written, assuming that information is true. Not yeah, 100% sure. Two years before I was born. And we follow girls driving on the hallway. I mean, it's, it's Silence of the Lambs. It starts the same way. Yeah. Like the girls driving the highway, singing along to a song. We see there's a car that's kind of following her. She gets freaked out. She ends up pulling over at a gas station and looking for help. It's like, you're like, oh, we're seeing a girl about to get captured or about to get murdered by a guy. And we never really see the guy. We kind of see him a profile in a distance and stuff. But you don't really yeah. get a good look at him. You know, right off the bat. And this is, I guess, the movie's way of saying, hey, not everything's going to be the way you're used to seeing in these movies. She actually gets away. Oh. Okay, so it's like, flash to later, to L.A., Deke, played by the beloved Denzel Washington. Even if I think he's often, more often than not, plays the same role over and over again, he does it so well. We like him for it a lot. Can we call him America's other dad? Like, can he be an America's dad, too? It's accurate. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, whenever he's playing a cop, with the exception of Training Day, is pretty much the same cop, right? <laughs> in a lot of ways. For sure. Like, I really want to watch Fallen during this. And I was like, oh, I should watch Fallen. Give him that rewatch, man. I almost thought it was going to have a similar ending to Fallen. I was expecting a narration like, oh, okay, this is what's going to be. <laughs> no, it's not, but still. I was going to tell you about the time I almost died. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's a deputy sheriff in a small town, but he's called into L.A. to grab evidence pertaining to a recent murder. And he sort of has a, a meet hate with another detective <laughs> who's played by Rami Malek, Jim Baxter, who is like the top up and rising young kid who was like, wow, that guy's a badass. He's also kind of an asshole. That is such a throwback name, Jim Baxter. It's oh, that Jim Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> that damn Jim Baxter. You're like, he's a holy roller is how one other cop describes him. We're like, yeah, okay, we've seen this. So like Deke is like, everyone's like, yeah, I mean, everybody likes Deke, but it's a little weird having him back here. So like, what is the deal? Why everyone's like, this guy used to work here. They don't want him there anymore. They're there's a new murder in L.A. Deke is like, hey, there's some similarities with this and an old serial murder case I was never able to solve when I was working here. So bit by bit, we're dropping pieces of why people are upset about seeing him there or have mixed feelings about seeing him there. We see he's not a play-by-the-book type cop, and, and Rami Malek is a play-by-the-book type cop. And of course, they sort of off the book end up teaming up because both of them want to figure out what's going on and protect woman from this killer the f next weird thing happens well halfway into this film and if you know if you've seen any of the trailers or even who's the cast you know at some point a jared leto is going to show up and b he's probably going to be the killer because he's jared leto <laughs> yeah if he's already not the cop guess who he's going to be dude the guy has one speed it's this well i don't know what <laughs> you might be looking for he's got an amazing entrance like i just loved his like oh there you are wow i felt like he was almost doing like a weird jim carrey impression <laughs> like not not the flailing jim carrey but the jim carrey who's like trying to be an asshole and talking to you in like early 90s movies but if he was also a serial killer i'm telling you that's what he sounds like i get what you mean because he's my favorite part about the film in terms of the three characters because he's just so playful i had so much fun watching him i love he says to ryan malek at during 10 times like if you're finished let's go get some tacos i just love just i just i just love how he's like man he's a blast he's absurdly cast in this film though which is playing it straight in every other way yeah, i know that it wants to have a really dark and serious point at the end and you've got this guy who's like, I'm Kevin Spacey in seven. You know, that's what he thinks he's playing here. And you're like, no, what are you doing? And I get maybe that part of the goal is, is that if the audience isn't 100% convinced that this guy is definitely the killer, then the rest of the film isn't going to follow logically. But here's a little frame by frame thing for you that I did after watching this. Oh. He can't possibly be the killer because you see the killer from profile in the beginning of the film and that ain't him. Nothing like him. <laughs> no, nothing like him. Unless he's wearing a wig or something. Or he just like tied his hair back with a barrette or something. But even then, didn't he have a beard? Yeah. I guess, and this yeah. is like yeah. a few weeks after. Nobody grows a beard <laughs> like Santa Claus in like a few weeks. People start threads and slack channels just about this film because it made him so mad but yeah this is just guiding you down a garden path to the point where even jared leto is like a red herring like his entire character is yeah. just so unnecessary it's kind of a generic cop thriller where you're going down that garden path of a hundred <laughs> movies that are just like it and there's not much in the way of style and it's not that interesting of a story and the most interesting thing about it is really what the fuck is rami malek doing playing a holy roller cop he is so miscast. <laughs>
it's like they had cast him as the killer, but then he got the wrong script, but he was so enthusiastic. <laughs> and so like, hey, guys, I'm so thrilled to do this. I've memorized every line. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, just let let the boy try. I like Rami Malek. I like him a lot. But he acts so much with his mouth that it's almost like he's sucking like a, a lollipop the entire time, or he has a cough drop the in new his mouth. Kojak, like that. there you go. We got the role, the actor. <laughs> no, we like Kojak. We like Kojak. And he's supposed to be the straight man, but he's just he comes off as so like unsettling so many times. I think if they would have cast someone else, like someone who's a little bit more like charismatic and genuinely likable. I think it maybe like the transformation that they try to pull would have worked out a little bit better. But where yeah. he ends up by the end, it what didn't feel like a huge leap from what we had seen before, at least in my book. I think someone like Bradley Cooper, someone with more of a range could have done more of that. Because I think that he's trying too hard. I think he's a little bit nervous in the role. I think he's feeling the pressure of it because it is a more mature role for him. And he doesn't pull it off. He plays too much into the theatrics and the characteristics of the character rather than the character itself. I found a hard time with what they told us about him rather than what we saw and what he actually does in the movie. They're like, oh, this guy's straight, by the book, holy roller guy. He's really Christian. He's a family man. And like almost immediately all that shit is out the window. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Who is this guy? Uh, okay. And, you know, Denzel is, what can you say? If, if you like watching Denzel work, and I do, yeah. he's <laughs> playing the most Denzel-y role that ever denzel He knows that this is just a, another day at work, and that's what he's doing. <laughs> You know what? He's good at going to work. I've, I don't yeah, think I've ever seen cool. him like not give a good performance. And even to the point where like this is another cop thriller, and Denzel is the star of one of the greatest cop thrillers ever made. And I know we're all like, agreeing with this. Mm-hmm. Ricochet from nineteen ninety three, such an amazing movie. And this is this is not like that. I'm with you because I like Ricochet. <laughs> I think that's ninety two or ninety one. Anyway, but, I yeah. would have accepted Training Day or Fallen. How about Inside Man? Oh, Inside Man's good. That was the Tony Scott time travel cop thriller. I think it's one, called I think? Deja Vu. Yeah, Deja, Deja Vu. <laughs> I love that. No one else did, but I that love that. <laughs> I thought this was just really dull the best thing about mystery movies is playing detective and trying to figure out what's going on along with the characters and the clues that this movie gives you it's kind of just like there's only kind of one way to go with this and it's just where the movie's leading you to the point where like when it gets to the ending i didn't so much mind it i thought yeah sure that's i'm fine with that that's the way i felt too even though i don't read from what I've been told, this is kind of like one of those airport novels that you could just kind of get through on your flight. <laughs> this guy just wanted to make just a solely digestible film that could have been taken in by anybody. Yet it just happens to have these Oscar caliber actors and Jared Leto. But that's the thing is I feel like in general we're seeing responses from people who like it the least are the people who read airport novels who want that generic cop thriller. Mm. I was happy to see it wasn't going to be that. But then... You're like, oh, well, this is not not exactly a new message. And also, it's a white guy delivering it, the, the director. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, everything about it just goes, where have you been for the last couple of years? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so even even the casting of Rami Malek 
it, it almost seems like this director was like, well, he just won the Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody, so he should be in this movie. Like, I feel like that's where his mind was when they were doing the casting for his movie. I, I think that this is also his baby. He wrote it as well as directed it. And I don't think anyone was really going to tell him not to. Some babies are ugly. <laughs> yeah, some, baby, some babies are ugly. But I really think that uh, no one was going to tell him to change anything. I don't really feel like that he changed much from when he originally wrote this. This feels like so dated. I feel like it's an accidental period piece in a lot of ways david mentioned the fucking night stalker we'd have to ask our friend cj who's the only guy i know who might have actually read the original yeah. script <laughs> he reads every fucking script such a bait and switch this movie it does set you up for the, the police procedural you know the law and order type of feature length sort of episode the crime falls by the wayside they don't care about solving it by the end it's just about you know these two haunted men and one's on his way to it's being about haunted. the little things it's about the little things man and they dropped that title twice in there oh man it felt like four times yeah <laughs> I thought for sure the second time he was going to like put on a pair of sunglasses at the end of it and be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to final thoughts. Frank. I think a little bit more kind to this once I figured out, oh, okay, you guys don't give a shit about solving any crime really. I mean, this is just all like what victim. There are two things I liked about this movie. Well, three things. I like Jared Leto. I know it's still fashionable to hate Jared Leto for no other reason that it's Jared Leto. But I, I really liked his performance in here. He's the most entertaining character. Uh, he's the flashiest character. And I think he did a good job. I liked the idea, even though it's sort of like in your face and ham-fisted, I liked the idea of uh, Denzel's character atoning for his uh, crimes by being an accidental mentor to um, Rami Malek. I thought that worked really nice because they, they did have a good chemistry. There's a father and son moment. In this. Yeah, they did have a they did have a good chemistry. It just it's just a shame they don't have anything nice to say to each other, anything worthwhile <laughs> to say to each other. I like the the view of L.A. I, I love it when L.A. doesn't look like L.A. And in this film, to the production designs and everyone's credit, it looks so desolate. It looks so barren. It looks so like look like every little two stop speed trap town. I don't know if that was a budgetary thing or overly conscious choice, but I love that this was like a bleak picture of L.A. More bleak than it usually looked. This is not what you're expecting it to be, and everyone who's seen it has already called it out for that. A few people have talked to me about that and said, it, like, what the hell was that? And I hate when movies do that. So because of that, I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 tacos. I'll go have with Jared Leto because he's like a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just call us and make sure that you got home. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, he got home. He's just going to have his ears talked off by an annoying stoner jackass. <laughs> vegan. He's also a vegan. That's, that's, he's all, yeah. that's also part oh, of Oh, which you know he won't be quiet about. He'll be like, did I ever tell you about why it's important not to eat milk and cheese? Like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he's a cool guy. I don't listen to his music, but I'm sure he's a cool guy. Yeah. Or follow his literal cult. Cult. Yeah. <laughs> his weird, weirdo cult island. That yeah. he is, yeah, his own private island. Oh, everybody needs a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, like, who's going to turn down the opportunity to be, like, the Jesus figure in a cult if it's offered to you, right? <laughs> He's in the Neutron. <laughs> He's in the Neutron. Oh, what a, what a hit that's going to be. Ryan? You leave this movie kind of feeling like they thought the ending was a little bit more thoughtful than it actually was <laughs> and i think that the idea that it leaves you with that like hey not to spoil anything but these cops that are in a lot of these movies maybe they're not the good guys that they're always portrayed as and that's a kind of a cool idea but it, it's just played as such a boring straightforward crime thriller for like 75 percent of it and then it tries to change it up in the the third act sort of and i will say 
The third act does get kind of kooky and fun. Like, especially, I think Frank said this, but Jared Leto is kind of a lot of fun and like that final scene, but it really just feels pointless. And I think that in like a week, maybe less than that, I'm probably going to forget about this. I mean, it was written in the early 90s, allegedly. It really does feel like a movie that was just like a carbon copy movie they churned out after Seven came out because that was what was popular at the time. But yeah, I'm going to give it five out of 10 weird Jared Leto stares. Adrian? Look, I signed up for this movie for four reasons. Denzel Washington. <laughs> it's not a decent Denzel movie the way Training Day is. It's not a perfect Denzel movie the way Equalizer 2 is. <laughs> it's it's more just like a dull paperback mystery novel that... How would you know? <laughs> from, from what I've no, told. No, he's been told. From what I've been told <laughs> from my dad who reads them. <laughs> Fair, okay. It's very similar. I thought this was just impassable, barely. I'm not going to watch it again. That was extremely dull. I thought for a mystery, it's extremely dull. And for what it's going for, I think the ending is fine. I, I kind of saw it as like, I guess that's what I would do <laughs> if, this, if I was in this situation too. You can miss this. You can watch it. It's not going to really affect you either way. If you want Denzel, he's there. He's certainly doing his Denzel best. He spends like the first half of the movie dressed up in what looks like a security guard uniform. And even he gets this moment where it's like, no, I'm going to be wearing a suit for the rest of this film. And I'm going to be cool-ass Denzel Washington. And he gets kind of cool. It's not enough. This gets uh, two Jared Leto performances that I'm really scared what he did to Method Act for this one out of five. Yeah, we're going to find out he's a serial killer in real life. For I'm sure. telling you. It's only Hopefully before Tron 3. Before they can even prove Army Hammer is a cannibal, they will they'll find out about later. <laughs> After Morbius. Is anybody upset that Morbius is, is delayed? I Who? totally forgot. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess not. When it's not a totally generic cop thriller with not much to recommend it other than the interest of how weirdly cast some people are and what other movie Jared Leto thinks he's in, which is entertaining to watch, but he's in the wrong fucking movie. <laughs> When it's not that, it's trying to be super clever in the very second half of the third act with something that's like, A, that's not that clever. And B, I mean, it's like a hundred movies have already done this, taken this tact. And B, you're treating it like it's a twist. <laughs> and why do you think that's so interesting here? It's like you're punishing people who like the type of generic cop thriller. Like, fuck you for even liking all those other Denzel Washington films because you're watching movies and rooting for cops and you're a bad person. Fuck you, movie. It's a movie. Yeah, it's a fantasy. I can separate fantasy from reality. I don't need to be punished by you for feeling that way about these other movies. I would have been fine with this being, I would have been like, you know what? It's it's like all those Liam Neeson directive video movies. You know what? It's a Liam Neeson movie. He's going to punish some motherfuckers who are coming for him and they are asking for it. It's Denzel Washington is a cop. You know, doing what Denzel watched. Yeah, he tracks down the killers. He smiles into the camera, <laughs> says something witty, <laughs> and then walks off. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, I, I can watch that and it'd be generic and go, yeah, it's fine. I'll probably never watch it again, but I'm glad I saw it. But no, this movie's like, fuck you for liking those movies. So fuck you, movie. <laughs> I, I didn't care for this. It made me kind of mad. I thought it was kind of incompetently made with the trying to make the switch happen. It was like, what are you doing, man? You know you can do a better job than this. Right. And so many red herrings that are just pointless. The movie's like, keeps telling you, watch out. It's all about the little things. But it peppers the whole movie with all these little red herrings, like I said, that go nowhere and have nothing to do with anything. And you're like, okay, so what did I spend all that time for? 
I'm going to give this three out of 10 license plates that I obsessed over only to find out that, in fact, it's a generic license plate that movies use all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What made you obsess over that? There's a shot right in the beginning where we see the bad guy's car and it pulls up the camera and it literally like out of focus license plate comes into focus and the shot ends right with the license plate perfectly in focus. And I was like, that's going to be something that we should pay attention to. And no, one of those little things. It was two fan 321. You know what else that is? (laughs) It's a license plate for the pork chop express from big trouble in little China. It's a license plate for that chick who got killed in the third season of Buffy, the vampire slayer. It's a generic Hollywood license (laughs) plate because nobody, can use it this is john lee hancock's best movie though i will say that and that is a compliment and an insult and an insult it's both i'm saving mr banks is pretty good i mean it's okay his best writing directing effort yeah okay yeah that's faint praise indeed we'll we'll make sure to tell him you said that yeah